Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. And then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, We have children's ministry available for both services. And if you need to get more information on the church, you can go to calvarydivine.org. Today we'll be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. The title of this sermon is, That You May Be Able to Stand Against the Schemes of the Devil. Here's the first half of this two-part study. Now, the one thing I love about Ephesians is very important is when you go through the book of Ephesians, the first thing that Paul does is he wants you to sit as he goes through the first few chapters, and then he gets to a point where he wants you to get up and walk in a manner that's worthy uh, of our faith. And and, uh, when he gets finally to the final chapter in, in verse 6. I mean, I, I love it because he, he, he deals with you individually, and then he deals with you as a marriage, as a couple. Then he deals with you as a father and a mother. Deals with you how you're supposed to be an employee. Work. And then he finally, here we come to this part where it's uh, the armor of God that we, uh, we see. And so when we get to to this part of the the book of Ephesians, what we're talking about is the the struggle that we have day to day. And a lot of times what people will struggle with as they go through the day, as the pressure begins, is um, there's that that forgetfulness of putting the armor on. It's something we're supposed to do daily. And, And God provides it for you, but if you don't put it on, you know, that's why I wanted to talk about this because there, there are going to be things that you go through and you may not be going through them right now. There'll be things that you go through where you'll get knocked down. And uh, I just remember watching Mike Tyson fight. Man, I do would knock people out quickly. And that's what life does. Life will do that. You can go through uh, battles of depression. You can go through struggles of addiction. You can go through pressures at work you can go through pressures in the family and and no matter no matter what it is that you you go through um you you have the 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 armor of god that we are to put on so what i want to do is as we look at this uh in first corinthians 6 verse 13 it says be watchful stand firm in the faith act like men be strong let all that you do be done in love And he confirms this again as he tells us in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. He says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's in his strength, his might, that we see. And even with Gideon in chapter 6 of Judges, in, in verse 12, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. 
Because he tells you to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And I've told you all this before, is when we give our hearts to Christ, when we decide to repent and, and to walk away from this world and walk towards the arms of Jesus, God no longer sees you, He sees His Son, because you're covered by the blood of Christ. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. And no matter what you're going through, whatever difficult time, whatever thing that you're going through, Jesus has provided the armor of God for us as believers. But we're not putting it on. He didn't tell you to put on just the belt, right, or the helmet. He tells you to put on the whole armor of God. All of it. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Something else within that, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. It doesn't say that some of you, you, that's that person in the mirror. Every one of us will have to have where the enemy will throw everything that he can at us. And that's what the armor is for. And so that way when we're getting hit, we, we have the armor of God to protect us against the schemes of the devil. You may be in a, in a valley of depression or a, a valley of, of, of struggling with your marriage or, or even in a valley where your family, you're having issues with the family or maybe you're being tempted beyond what you can handle. I was talking to my dad and just talking to him about addiction. My dad's been sober for 20-something years. And uh, we watched, uh, I wouldn't recommend it <laughs> to, I, I, I wouldn't recommend it if there's kids in the room. But there's something called The Real Ones, and it's Shia LaBeouf. And he talks about coming to faith. And he talks about how he always had wiggle room, but there was no more. It had all been taken away. And, and the reality of, of there was nowhere else to turn. And sometimes that's where people get in their addiction, is they get to a place where me and my dad were talking about this, just where they're... You well, I can do this and I'll get out of it or I'll do this for a little bit and I'll be fine. And, and he didn't have that anymore. There was no phone calls. One of the things that he said that stood out to me very much is he said there were men that were there that had murdered their family or murdered somebody in the family. There were men that were pedophiles that were there. There were, there were all these type of men and they had people come see them and he had nobody. He had burned every bridge he could burn through his addiction. And that dark valley, the schemes of the devil, the temptation that'll bring, you know, it's like even as you sit in a bar just there for a meal and you get the whiff of the, the beer and you're ready to start drinking again. Schemes of the devil trying to draw you back in. You're on your phone and, and you're flipping through Facebook or Instagram and something pops up. The temptation comes, well, maybe I should just go ahead and look at something more. Schemes of the devil. That's what the armor of God helps us with as Christians. It's been provided for us from God. But most of the times, Christians don't put it on. We have to understand that there's a battle that happens beyond what we can see. 
uh, a battle in the heavenly places. It says here that, you know, in verse 12, that for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. There's a war going on that we don't see that's invisible. But you live in the visible world. And in the visible world, God has told you, you need this armor. Because there's all this stuff that's going on behind you that you have no clue. And it's happening. It's the devil working. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 says that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. We know that Christ is in charge. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And raised us up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're seated with him. Ephesians verses 3, verse 10, it says, To the intent now that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the church, to the principalities and the powers in heavenly places. It's Jesus that's in charge of the church. And he's telling you the schemes of the devil are going to come. And he's telling you, put on the armor. Now the enemy and the demons are fighting, they're wrestling, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And I can tell you, being in combat, the last thing you want to do is, is be in hand-to-hand -hand combat. You train for it. Never been in it. Thank God. If you ever get to the VA, well, most of the w, World War II vets are gone now. It's very rare, very rare to see one and talk with one. You talk to some of the Vietnam vets and they'll talk to you about this. What it means to wrestle against somebody for their life. Let me tell you, you when, when your life is in, in danger, oh, you'll wrestle. <laughs> you'll wrestle. I remember the first time I, I did wrestling, I had a choice to make. We had uh, in Alabama, this is Alabama. So uh, you either did square dancing or you did wrestling. I was like, I guess I'll go wrestle. I don't want to square dance and all. Couldn't get down with the, the country stuff. I was like, eh, I, I was listening to hip-hop at the time, so I was like, I'm going to... I'm going to go do the wrestling, which I was like, I don't really want to wrestle with dudes. <laughs> that was like the last thing I wanted to do. But you're put in very tough positions, uncomfortable positions. Anybody who watches UFC, you see it. They can tap somebody out. They can break an arm. I mean, it's, it doesn't take much. But see, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. When your wife, your son, or your daughter, they sway or they're pulled away from the enemy, that's why you go to God. In prayer because our battle is not here and he's telling you look the the Holy Spirit is who you have and that's who you go to it's the truth of God's Word It's it's through prayer that's where the battle is going to be fought it says in verse 13 therefore take up the whole armor of God it's the second time he's telling you right twice now anytime you see something in the Bible repeated you need to pay attention I will not be standing here on Sunday because this will drive me nuts. I feel like I'm going to just go right through the floor. <laughs> I'll be in the basement before you know it. Uh, but it tells you to take up the whole armor of God. So he's telling you that's the second time. But he says that you may be able to withstand the, in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm. So he's telling you again. The evil day. The schemes of the devil. The evil day. They will come. And the devil will come after your kids. The devil will come after your husband, your wife, your spouse. The devil will come after people that you love. They need to have an answer that day when it happens. 
That's why having the armor of God on, he's telling you to stand firm in the armor of God. Not stand firm on your own two feet. You will get knocked down every time. You will get knocked down. I, I cannot stand it when I hear people say, come on, I'll take on the devil any day of the week. No, you won't. You won't. You won't. That's, that's, that's pride. You know, and it's like you, you, you need to understand, like you stand firm with the armor of God on. It's God. And that's why you go back to that verse in uh, and, and verse, verse 10 when it tells you to put on the whole armor of God if you are able to withstand against the devil. So we have to remember when we put on the whole armor of God, it's, it's a reminder to us that it is God that's provided it. It's, it's within God's power, His strength, that we put it on. When we wear it, we put it on, it's God that's going to protect you. He just tells you to do what? Stand firm. Stand firm. Because the evil day will come. And that's why it's important to remember that, that, that you are in a time of war. That there are these battles that are happening. The devil will, will make heavy assaults after you. If he thinks he can, if he can trick you and pull you away or make you backslide, he'll do it. He'll do it. Next thing you know, you'll start chasing things of the world again. And that's why when we, when we read this, it tells us to stand firm. It is a military term. It is, is a, to remind us that our position is in a combat position to be ready. Now, I don't know how many of y'all, um, y'all probably haven't. I mean, I'm before Christ, I used to fight all the time. I had two brothers. They would they'd beat, beat me up and down all day long. I had two twin brothers older than me. If I start fighting one, the other would jump in and help not on my side. So I know what it's like to get beat up, and, but to get, get, they keep getting up. That's my problem. I, get, I would get right back up and let's go. I could be a punching bag all day long. But now when I look at this and I, I understand what, what he's talking about, there's a spiritual war that's happening, that there's combat that's happening, that my, my position is one of combat, of, of standing firm. That means in preparation for what's coming. Because it's coming. And we need to remember, like when we talk about the evil day, the evil day came after three men, Solomon, Samson, and David. It happened. Solomon was the wisest of all men. He had the great wealth and great power. And Samson was the strongest of all men. And David was gifted with worship and devotion and a great leader. But yet all three of these men fell to the schemes of the devil. All three. See, Satan just led Solomon to marry more foreign women. And then he fell into the temptation of serving their false gods and brought Israel into a really bad situation. So his sin didn't affect just him. It affected the whole nation of Israel for generations. For generations. You have Samson who couldn't say no to a woman, especially Delilah. And she kept bothering him and bothering him until she got the secret. Then he ultimately fell. And you have David. I've gone over this before. David looking out, falls into lust, and lust turns into adultery. Adultery turns into murder. And, uh, and then his sin is brought forth. And he had to deal with it. It actually cost his son his life. See, the devil doesn't change the play up. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. 
pride of life. That's how he gets you. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And if it's not broken, he's going to keep doing it. He knows you. He knows what your weakness is. Right? He knows it. So, you know, for somebody like myself, you know, I, I, I struggled with anger. So he'll put me in positions for me to get angry, to get upset, to go back to the old mic. Let's start throwing stuff across the room. I can't do that. <laughs> Got to put on the armor of God. I can't do that. I, I'm telling you, from the time that we get up to the time we go to bed, that armor needs to be on. And don't think that you can choose and pick what pieces you put on every day. In verse 14, it says, stand therefore. So he's telling you to stand again, right? Having fastened on the belt of truth. The belt holds uh, and girds. Some of y'all may have in your translation, gird your waist with truth. And so the, the Roman uniform would be tied together with the belt. It held everything together. It actually held the sword as well. And so when we think about the, the belt of truth, truth is <laughs> hard to find today because there's so much misinformation that's put out there. That's, that's done by the enemy on purpose. Where there's a disagreement, the devil's at work. The devil's at work. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you're constantly being attacked, and you're trying to understand truth, and you're holding truth in your hand, the Bible, what do you think you need to be in? The truth, the Word of God. And that's important for us to remember that. I mean, it's 66 books, a love letter written by 40 different authors. Most of them never, never even knew each other personally. You had fishermen and doctors and kings and prophets. It was written on three different continents, in Africa, Asia, and Europe. It was written in three different languages, in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And believe it or not, the prophecies have been confirmed. It's inerrant. It's without error. And I've told you all, and we've gone over the prophecies time and time again about how Jesus, the whole book is about Jesus. And you think about 66 books written by all these different authors, 40 different authors, and perfectly Perfectly, all the way back to Isaiah, he talks about Jesus, all the way to what's going to happen on the cross. Prophecies fulfilled. And he tells you that's the truth. Jesus is the truth. And so for us, the Holy Spirit is also here to help us with truth. In John 15, 26, it says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the, from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. That's why it's important. I've told y'all time and time again, when you, when you look at the world, you look at it through the filter of the Word of God. And, and right now, when we go by what God's Word says, there's a lot of things that don't add up that are not truth because God's Word tells us that, that it's wrong. We're going to talk about that next week as we talk about male and female. As God created them, what? Male and female. It doesn't say in the Bible God created a male female binary. That's not there. I, I told y'all I saw somebody trying to say that God is binary. No. When you look at the attributes of God, no. You know? It's like, what is truth? 
And that's why you have to be careful with that TikTok. You know, when TikTok comes, you have all these people that try to put little things out about the Bible, and most of them are not true. Not true. And so you go by what the Word of God says and the Spirit of God that's in you, the Holy Spirit, for truth. In John 17, 17, it says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. Your Word is truth. So how do we minister to somebody with God's Word? With the Word of God. My job is not to point you to Mike. It's to point you to Jesus. When you're going through something, it's to point you to Jesus. That's, that's my responsibility as a pastor. My job is to lead and feed you and allow God to do the work that God needs to do in each of you. And trust me, it's hard sometimes when you see somebody grow or you see somebody falling backwards. You just get on your knees and you pray for them more. It's hard when we have somebody who's going through trials or tribulations or suffering. It breaks my heart that Wayne came out of surgery. He was hurting. That should hurt our heart. That's our brother. He's family. You know, when we, go, when we go through something, we go through it together. That's what a church is. It tells you in Ephesians 6.14, it says, Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Again, the breastplate of righteousness is a follower of Christ. He sees his son Jesus again in 2 Corinthians 5.12. For the sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become righteousness of God. Salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the repent, repentant sinner. God is the one who protects our heart from the schemes of the devil. In our own righteousness, you won't survive the attacks of the devil. The breastplate of righteousness has the, the, the stamp that you're his. When you put that on, you belong to Jesus. The devil knows that. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's, that's one of the children of God. And we're supposed to have that put on. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, it says, If you knew that He is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of Him. What are we supposed to do? To pursue righteousness? To practice righteousness? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. So flee youthful passion and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who, who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So he tells you those youthful passions, put aside and pursue righteousness. That's, that's a tough one because I, I remember as a kid, I had a lot of youthful passions, but none of them were righteous. We didn't know the Lord at the time. I read that, I was like, man, I, every time I read that, I'm like, man, I was pursuing stuff that was just trash and doing things I shouldn't be doing. And even though I'm not youthful anymore, I know that. I, I had that figured out when I went to the high school and they looked at Matt and thought Matt was old. And I was like, oh, they must, they must think I'm like two steps from death. And all at this point, even the teachers thought I was old. I was like, man, there's no more youthful passion in me. But we, we pursue righteousness, righteousness with faith, love, and peace. With a pure heart. As we put on that breastplate of righteousness, we're, we're putting into practice what we believe in our hearts. Do you actually, are you actually a follower of Christ? Do you actually going to live this thing out from here? Because that's where Christ resides, in the heart. When we allow things here to get to here, that's where the problems begin. Because you've allowed that temptation to roll around your head 
And you go, well, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Once it does that, it's on into the heart and the heart begins to harden. We need to practice righteousness with a pure heart. Verse 15, it says, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now the Romans used to have cleats. And that was a big deal. Because most of the armies didn't have them. So when they went to stand firm, they could, they could lock in their feet into the ground. Anybody who's played football or done baseball, when you, when you plant your foot with cleats on, you can make some cuts. You kind of do the Madden joystick thing. Like you, you puking people and getting them out of the way. They don't even know which way you're going. But you, that's because you can plant your foot. But he's saying having put on the readiness by the gospel of peace. That's for your shoe, your shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The gospel of peace, the message that, that Jesus gave to us to trust in Him. In Romans 10, 15, and and how are we to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We go out and we preach the good news. We, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. In John 10, 29, it says, My Father who has given to them uh, to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of, my, out of, my, out of the Father's hand. Again, you're seeing the, a, a soldier that's that is prepared for battle, that has the shoes, the spikes, the nails, the cleats, ready to go. But when, he, when we are ready for the gospel of peace, understand that conflict is coming. We have to be very careful of that. Um, as Christians, I think one of the biggest things that we see, I don't have any problem with you standing up for, for the gospel of Jesus Christ with love and truth. But if, if you're doing it in a way where there's no love, and it's just you just beating somebody over the head with the Bible, that's not going to work. It doesn't work. But we need to be ready for when we're at the gospel of peace that Satan's going to come. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. We're to be mobile. We're to be ready regardless of what season it is. We're to be flexible. That means if you run into somebody, you should be able to share the gospel. You shouldn't have to go, hey, Mike, let me get Mike on the phone. Stay right here. No. You need to be able to, with your beautiful feet, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You should be able to do that. And I think probably at some point, we're, maybe next summer, we'll spend probably one or two Wednesdays where everybody gets a chance to share their testimony. Because that's how you get to know everybody. It's important that we do. <clears throat> it's important that you be able to share it. How Jesus saved. A wretch like me, right? Isaiah 52 verse 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of Him who bring good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. What a beautiful verse that is. Isaiah 52, 7. As Christians, we should actually be Christians that publish peace to people and not create conflict. 
to be able to publish salvation and happiness with good news, to let people know that God reigns. No matter what we're going through, God reigns. That means we get attacked on, I got attacked on Facebook today. I was told I was the Christian Taliban. And it was a Christian site that I had. And so I don't know why, but there are people from that are trying to get you to fight. And I was like, man, God bless you. Have a, have a good day. I mean, I fought in Iraq. That's, it's insulting. You, I believe you have a, the freedom to choose not to follow or follow. We all have free will. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is, uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, If you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.